Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I get the, oh hey look however you get the word the, uh, just do it all right amen I want you to turn to 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 verse 22 oh my god Mm-mm-mm-mm. you know it's good when the preacher gets fed by his own message you, you know it's good when I when I'm preparing and I'm like holy spirit stop slow down this is this is, hurts a little bit this hurts so good to see you Jimmy brother Jimmy and your wife God bless you we're going to do some things together, man. God is good. Second Corinthians chapter 11. But I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me. Everybody, everybody say, look at PG. <laughs> Come on, say, look at PG. Oh, man, that was so weak. It's okay. So today, before we read the scripture, all right, today I'm going to talk really about three main things. I'm just going to give you a, a little preview, an intro, so to speak. Number one. Uh, I call this I call this message responding to seasons of suffering. Suffering, all right. How to respond in seasons of suffering? Has anybody in this room suffered anything recently? Anything? Anything? Have you suffered in your marriage? <laughs> if you're in your if you if you're really truthful and your spouse is with you, it's okay to lift up your hands, right? Have you suffered financially? Have you suffered like me physically? Physically, have you suffered? I'm still suffering. I'm going to help you to navigate on how to respond to seasons of suffering and pain, what the Apostle Paul had to go through to suffer. The great Apostle Paul was not exempt from suffering, right? He actually is the poster boy for suffering, right? What the Apostle Peter said suffering does in us, literally word for word, there's a, it's a recipe of this is what suffering does to you in a good way in a powerful way, in a growing way, right? And then I'm going to show you, this is powerful, how the Apostle Paul dealt, if I say dealt. Because there's a difference between understanding what suffering does in you and then releasing it of how he dealt with it, how you deal with it. Because listen, how you deal with suffering will determine if you keep walking with Jesus. Woo! I'm going to say that again. How you deal with suffering will determine how you respond or continue to Jesus. You either will continue halfway or you will continue with an offended heart because he's allowing a man of God and a woman of God that has served him so long to suffer. Or it will catapult you into an area of trust. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. From the Lord that you have never experienced. There will be great trust from heaven released to those who endure suffering. All right, are you ready? I want you to see this. I'm going to break this down, by the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22, NLT. Are they Hebrews? This is, this is Paul the Apostle talking. Are they Hebrews? Watch. If, if, if you didn't know the Apostle Paul, you would think that he is arrogant. I want you to think, if I said this, you'd be like, that is such an arrogant person. What your Paul said. Are they Hebrews? I'm an Israelite. So am I. Watch, watch this. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? Watch this. I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him more. More. It's like me saying, you guys, you guys think you're serving God? I've served God more than you. That's what he's saying. He goes, he goes are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but, but I've served him. 
there's a reason he's saying this. I've served him much more. He's trying to give us a foreshadow, listen, that even all the titles that are deserving for him, that he still was not exempt from great suffering. Are they all Hebrews? I am. Are they all descendants of Abraham? I am. Have they served the Lord? Watch this. Watch this. I'm reading word for word. I have served him more. Watch this. And I have worked harder. I've worked harder. I've worked harder than you guys. <laughs> what are you saying? Now watch. He says this to set the stage of what he's about to say. He's like, hey, if anybody ex is exempt from suffering, hey, I wrote a third of the New Testament, me, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? I'm an I'm a Israelite. I'm a descendant from Abraham, straight from my bloodline, which means, hey, I, I really need you to understand that if anybody, he's the God of the Hebrews, right? I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Have you served the Lord? I've served the Lord, watch this, more and harder. That's what he said. He said, I've served the Lord more and harder than they did. Now, now he says this, then watch what he says next. It's a prelude to, to make you understand that all those titles whew, and all those accomplishments and the tenure, the tenure of Paul walking with God did not exempt him from what he was about to say next. I have worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul. I've been whipped times without number for my faith and faced death again and again. Five different times from the Jewish leaders, they gave me 39 lashes, five times. Five times, 39 lashes. Three times, I was beaten with rods. Where's the protection of the Lord for this mighty apostle? Three times, I was beaten with rods. I feel the Lord, man. Once, I was stoned. Could you imagine having that story? <laughs> Once, I was stoned. Is that in your resume of suffering? Three times I was shipwrecked, lost all my finances. Once, this is the Apostle Paul, I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, dangers in the desert, and danger in the sea. Hmm and have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I wept when I read these last things. I have been hungry. What? I couldn't believe this. Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. Great Apostle Paul, hungry asking for food, weak, because he didn't have enough food. Yet he wrote a third of the New Testament. I've gone without food. Watch this. I have shivered in the cold. Apostle Paul, I, I, take this mental picture. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden 
of my concern for all the churches. I want you to put this first point up. The body of Christ is not exempt from the fiery trials that are on the earth today. Parentheses, but we always have the final victory in Christ. Now, what am I saying here? Here's what I'm saying. Paul starts his discourse by saying, hey, are they all Hebrews? I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? Are they the descendants of Abraham? No, I'm the descendant of Abraham by bloodline. You guys are just kind of grafted in. Oh, and by the way, not only am I a, a descendant of Abraham, I've served, watch, watch, this is a mentality shift. And I, I admit that I had to shift from this. In my suffering, I complained to God because of how much I did for him. And I, I, he owed me something because I, watch this, I spent many years sacrificing my family, many years staying up late, many years where my kids didn't see me because of the ministry. And I'm telling God, look at how long and how hard I've worked for you. And Paul the Apostle saying, I've worked harder than everybody. And then he says this, all these things happened to me. In other words, none of those things exempted me from suffering. What Paul was trying to tell the church is this. He says, suffering is part of your Christian life. And suffering is something that we don't like to partake, but there's something supernatural that happens to your walk with God when you endure suffering without an offended heart. I'm going to tell you something right now. How, however you label suffering, Mine is physical, physical suffering, physical pain every day of my life. Some people it's emotional pain. Some people it's mental anguish. But let me tell you, there is a purpose for your suffering. And it's not that God is trying to be happy and throw sufferings to you. He's allowing suffering, and I'm going to say it biblically, to get something in you that you don't have yet and to get something out of you that is not from him. And he uses suffering as the great equalizer. Watch this. Imagine thinking about talking to the Apostle Paul after you read this list and tell him about how you want to give up because God is not fair for allowing suffering in your life. Imagine having that conversation. Enrique, have you, have you, have you ever, have you, have you ever, no? It's not fair, right? Why? Why do you give up? Well, I mean... I was on Facebook, yeah. and, and my friends unfriended me. We've been what? friends for years. No. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's not fair. I'm really? under persecution on Facebook. Wow. I put my posts. They delete my posts. No. No, it's true. That's, I had these two suffering. friends. Yeah. They unfollowed me. Yeah. I put my post up, right. and they unfollowed me. Can you believe this? I can't. That's suffering. I, I just, the other day, I just felt yeah. like giving up. Yeah. And yeah. Then, I, then on top of that, I go to work. Right. And, you know, I've been there for five years, right. and the person that just got there right. gets the promotion before me. Right. I, I want to quit. That's this is horrible. I just, my life is terrible. Yeah, and then my car is like, it's like only a 2015. Yeah. Like, everyone's driving 2020 right. car. Right. And then the last but not least, this right. is it. Right. The last one. I almost gave up right here. Okay. The iPhone 13 came out, and they didn't have none. So I have to have that iPhone 12 right now. I can't even get the newest phone. Wow. What is going on? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, that is... That is suffering, but I'm the Apostle Paul. I'm the Apostle Paul now. Imagine saying this to the Apostle Paul, and then I, and I say, okay, um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me show you a little bit of my sufferings, okay? Listen, listen, listen. Fine. Uh, just, just, just a it bit. probably doesn't compare. I, I sympathize for you. Sure. Okay? Let, let me tell you. Hey, hey, because of my faith, 
several times I've been put in prison with robbers and stealers in prison. God allowed that. And by the way, I, I wrote a third of the New Testament. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then what happened is five times from the Jewish leaders, they whipped me 39 times. 39. You know, like what they did to Jesus? Mm -hmm. They yeah. tied me to a post. Oh, yeah. And they whipped me 39 times. Not three times, five times. You know what else that, what happened to me? And I, by the way, I still kept praising the Lord in those days. You, you didn't give up? No, I didn't give up. And then they tied me to a post because of my faith. For my faith. They took these big rocks. And they started beating me with rocks three times. It felt like my bones were going to snap. Now, now watch this. Now, now this one hurt. One time, they took big boulders. And they hurled it towards my cranium, almost dislocating my jaw. And I fell unconscious. I thought I was dead. It was super painful. But I don't know what happened. God raised me up. Yeah, yeah. I got stoned. That one hurt. Yeah, that one hurt. And then I got shipwrecked three times. So all my finances while I was going there got lost because my cargo was supposed to be traded to my destination. So I lost my food, lost my clothing. Now watch this. I got robbed, but not only by worldly people, by church people. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? I've been shivering in the cold for days, and I'm the Apostle Paul. And last but not least, the anguish that comes to me for the churches. And I keep going because I'm identifying with the sufferings of Christ. Now tell me again why you want to give up? Forget it. I'll just, <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah, right? <laughs> give it up for Enrique. Give it up for Enrique, right? When you compare your suffering with the Apostle Paul and then act like your car broke down, they took you off of Facebook, your AC went out, or let's get deeper, your marriage is hurting. That's a real thing. You're going through physical pain. None of those things are excuses for you to give up. Anybody in this church could have given up as me, and I'm not glorifying suffering. What I am saying is this there's something supernatural that happens in your walk with God. It's almost like the final test that God gives you when you're suffering. If you pass that test, watch this, and I'm going to prove it in scripture, you will pass any test. I'm going to say that again. If you pass the test of suffering and pain and affliction and still stay standing and still stay faithful, you can be trusted with anything in the kingdom of God. God says, let's give him and let's give her this, what she is desiring, because now I know that they won't be swayed by every little wind that's coming. If they don't give up by suffering, they won't give up by anything. Jesus made it very clear that there's suffering in this world. Put that next slide. Even Jesus is not exempt from suffering. Why do we think that we're exempt from suffering? Can I just be, let's switch it. Why do we get mad when suffering comes? Because we don't understand biblical theology of why suffering comes that is not exempt from the great apostle Paul, great Jesus. You know, it's so funny. The church thinks that they're greater than Jesus and the apostle Paul. Pastor George, I never said that. You're saying it with your actions. You're saying, I am ready to give up. Why? Because... No one likes me anymore. They're all talking about me. Or, or I'm just offended at the church. I'm offended and hurt that they dare tell me to, to, 
to be on time for church. They dare tell me to, to worship the Lord. They dare, pastor tells me that I need to go to church. How dare he say that? We're so shallow. We get offended for everything. The church gets offended for everything. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. It's too white in here. It's too black in here. It's too white in here. It's too black in here. It's too Spanish in here. The church will find an excuse to be offended about everything. Oh, now, pastor, pastor now, uh, uh, you know, uh, he took Bible study away. Okay, that's fine. I ain't coming to church anymore. Offended people will never endure suffering. They will never be trusted with the things of the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you, this is not even my notes, this is for free. Suffering is an indicator of how much of the propensity you have really inside of you to be offended or not. Let me just tell you this. The true person comes out when suffering comes. The true believer comes out. It's easy to confess God is good when you have a lot of money in your bank and there's no pain and you got no affliction and no demons are haunting you. It's easy when you have zero pain. Oh, hallelujah, God is good. But can you lift up your hands when all pain and you can barely walk and you're in excruciating pain and, you're, and your marriage is about to die and, 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 and you've been talked about? John chapter 16, verse 33 in the NLT, Jesus says this. I have told you, this is Jesus, I have told you that, that this, sorry, I have told you all this so that you may know and have peace in me here on earth. Wait, wait, wait. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? It says here on earth, you will have many trials. Wait a minute. Come on, Jesus. Soften it up for me for a little bit. Come on. You're Jesus. No, he said, not might. You will have many trials and sorrows, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, I, when suffering comes, there is a purpose that, it, that you don't know about, that if you just yield to the process and stay faithful, gold is going to come out of you. Humility is going to come out of you. Dependence is going to, I deserve a little bit more amen to that. Come on. Watch this. Watch this. this is, I'm going to say something very deep. Suffering and persecution in our lives is the only thing that proves what we believe. In other words, suffering and persecution proves our faith. It's the great solidifier of our faith. Listen, when you suffer, how you respond will, will determine if you really believe what you believe. Out of all the Beatitudes in the Bible, in the Matthew chapter 5, there's eight Beatitudes. Only one, Jesus said, that you have to endure. But remember, all eight were blessed are you. So if Jesus stood here and said, hey, I want to give you eight things, and if you do these things, I'm going to call you blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, humility. Blessed are the that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And by the way, I'll do a teaching on that later. That's not just when someone dies. Mourning is a spiritual mourning about being poor in spirit. It's a, it's a mourning about the condition of your, your, your sin and your flesh. I won't go into that, right? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. All those are like, okay, I could do that. Okay, I'm hungering. All right. Blessed are the, are the peacemakers. That's a little hard, right? I got a big peace, for they should be called the sons of God. The only beatitude that requires you to endure something that God calls you blessed 
is the eighth one. You know what it is? Put it up there, Matthew chapter 5. The eighth one is here. If you're blessed, watch this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Keep going, keep going. Blessed are you when, when they revile you. Watch, watch this. Persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely. It's not fair, PG. They're saying that I'm a lunatic. They're saying I'm brainwashed because my whole family is saying, yes, I know it hurts. I know it hurts. Blessed are you. Whose reward do you want? Your parents or the Lord's? I know that's deep. Whose rewards do you want? Your friends or the Lord's? You endure the Lord saying, that's my boy. That's my daughter. He's not giving up. He, lo he really loves me. When they persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake, watch this, keep going, keep going. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Really? Come on, really? Come on, re let's be honest. Rejoice and be ex exceedingly glad? I mean, come on, just a little bit glad, but not exceedingly glad. When's the last time you were exceedingly glad when suffering hits you and persecution hits you? Because, watch this, because you're living right. Not instead of saying, because I'm living right, why is this happening to me? Remember Paul? Hey, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Hey, I wrote a third of the New Testament. Hey, 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 I, I'm a descendant of Abraham. Hey, I've worked harder than all of you. But I've been stoned. I've been whipped. I've been hungry. I've been naked. I'm the Apostle Paul. Three times I, bought, I got hit with rods, almost broke my legs. And those whips that they did on Jesus, they did to me five times. Five, five. And then I was in prison. Then they tied me and Silas up. And most people, when they tied people up in prison, they're like, where is God at now? Come on, let's be honest. I probably would have done the same thing. Come on, God. What, what, I have served you all my life. Come on, what, what is wrong here? Again? Prison again? I thought, you were, I thought I was your servant. I thought I was your servant. How can I preach the gospel this way? There's no record in Acts chapter 16 that the Lord told them to do something. They decided to sing. It wasn't like the Lord said, hey, I'm going to be with you. If you sing, you sing, I'm going to break all these chains. Okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that. That's good, Lord. That's good. No. Zero. Silence. Pain. Hey, Silas. What up, Paul? Hey, you know, I know we're beaten. We're, we're like for the 15th million times. We're in chains. It's, it's midnight. Why don't we, I feel like worshiping the Lord. So, so do I. They're in chains. They're in chains, right? <laughs> Creator God, he is Yahweh. Righteous son, he is Yahweh. Lord of all, he is Yahweh. That's good. Yahweh. <laughs> they probably couldn't do it because they were chained up, right? The Bible says that as they were worshiping, the chains fell off. And everybody's chains fell off as they worshiped. Why, what's the whole purpose of it? Not that the chains fell off, that they decided to worship during their suffering. We focus on the chains falling off as the miracle. But the miracle would not have happened if they would not decide in their suffering to worship God. Your worship is affected when you suffer. But if you don't let it affect you, the chains will fall off of you. The chains of apathy, the chains of, of addiction, the chains of all these excuses 
They'll fall off if you say, you know what, I don't care. In my pain, that's why the shift happened to me a couple weeks ago when I told you. I went from God. Why did you? I mean, I had the biggest power, I told you guys, with God. And I, and I let God have it. My, it's, God, it's by God's mercy that I'm here. Thank God for his mercy because I let God have it. I said, if you're so big and bad, why don't you kill me? If you're so, come on, I, I'm, I'm challenging you. That's what I said. I'm challenging you. Kill me if you're so big and bad. Because I was tired of the suffering. And when I did that, God allowed me to throw a tantrum. And the Lord calmed me down. He ministered to me. He said, I want to, literally, he said this in the prayer room. I want to wake up the lion that has been silenced inside of you. He said, I want to wake up the lion. And I turned my attention to the devil. This is a true story. This clicked in me. And I said, devil, you will regret the day that you afflicted me. Because I'm going to go after the sick like never before. I'm going to go after the cripple like never before. I'm going to see people bound. And I'm going to go after them. And I'm going to release the chains on them. Even if i got to do it in one leg. And I meant what I said. You know why? Because the, the, the day after I prayed that, I called Rich Vera, a, a friend of mine, and, and for years he even wanted to do miracle signs and wonder service here in Apopka. And I go, Rich, it, it's time. And so we booked it. We're going to have an old-fashioned revival, miracle, working God, and we're going to have signs in Apopka. And I know all the religious uh, spirits are going to be like, oh, what a crazy church. See, we're... We're, we're, we're good, we're good with the people as long as we don't talk about the supernatural, right? As long, but when we talk about the supernatural, all the people that are saying, oh, Remnant Christian Center, they're a good church that feeds people. But all of a sudden, we put signs up there that say, bring the sick, bring the lame, bring the cripple. And we're going to put it, we're going to put signs that says we're going to have a two-night healing revival service. The sick are going to be healed. You know why? Because I'm, I'm shifting my focus of my suffering from God to the enemy. Some of you have been like me. And you've been saying, why am I in this place? I've been serving God for Why is this happening to me? And why is this happening? And you spend, unfortunately, three years like me battling back and forth and being battling back and forth. And you need to settle the issue. he's your friend, that he's for you, that he's allowing suffering because there's some things in you that you keep yielding to. There's some things that he's trying to heal you from, and there's some things that he wants to trust you with. Enduring suffering, this slide strengthens and matures our character and helps us to gain God's trust for greater responsibility in his kingdom. If the Lord is ever going to use you, how many want to be used by God? Okay, 50% of you. The others are too spiritual and too deep, too mature. All of you want to be used by God? Here's the thing. Here's the key. You must be trusted before you get used by God. He must trust you, and he will allow suffering persecution, not because he's a bad God, to filter out the things that he needs to filter out so he can trust you. Let me tell you something. I'm going to show you from the scriptures right now. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like the answers from the test, like a test, like, like it's almost like, is it, is, come on, is, is it this easy? What if I were to tell you that I could open up the scripture right now, right now, and show you four or five main points, literally, 
on the word suffering, what it produces in you. Like, not like a, a revelation of these are the four points. No, literally, four or five points straight from Scripture of what happens in you when you endure suffering. Would you like to see it? All right. Peter, the Apostle Peter said it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Look at this. I want you to see this. Are you getting something this morning? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, and then we're going to go to verse 8. And I want you to see that this is the red, what I call the red ink. This is the teacher's manual. This is not what, the, the points that I'm gonna, about to give you are straight from the Bible. And I want you to see, all right, what it produces in you. This is what suffering produced in Paul. This is what suffering produced in Peter. And Peter, at the end of his life, he's writing this epistle. And he's saying, I'm going to tell you what suffering now produces in you. Watch this. It's almost like when you read this, it's almost like one of those scriptures that you don't want to quote. Have you ever quoted a scripture and you're like, uh, you know, you, you quote it and it's like, uh, that I may know you and the fellowship of your sufferings. I just want to know you, but I don't want to suffer with you. I used to say, oh, I just want to know you. I want to know you. Keep reading, Holy Ghost says. Right? Now, this is one of those verses I'm like, there's no shortcut? No, there's no shortcut. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partake of the glory that will be revealed. Look at verse 8. Jump to verse 8. We, now, now, we know this is a popular scripture. I'm not even focused on this. Because everyone focuses on this scripture. But I did this on purpose because it's so popular that we miss why Peter said what he said. He said, be sober. Be vigilant. Right? Right? Look at this. Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Now, watch this. Everybody look closely. Look closely. Verse 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same what? Same what? Same what? In other words, the same suffering you're experiencing are experienced by your brotherhood all over the world. We're some weak Christians if we can't endure suffering when the, the Christians in Afghanistan are ready to die. They're, they're, they're saying, I am going to meet my creator. And, the, and people are saying, just deny Jesus. Just deny him and you'll have a few more days. I will not deny. I already told my family, we're going to see Jesus together. We're going to go outside and they're going to kill us. But we're not denying Jesus. Let me tell you, 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 need to have, you need to have a relationship with Jesus for you to say something like that. Those things will separate the tares from the wheats, from the real Christians and the fake Christians. The fake Christians are the one to be like, I ain't going to die for no, no way. Now watch this. Watch this. Here it is. Here's the, here's the test. Ready? Here's the red ink. Here it is. But may the God of all grace, who called us by his eternal gl glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while. I don't want to read that. Wait a minute. May the God, I, I want this, I want it to read like this. May, but may the God of grace who called us by his eternal uh, power in Jesus Christ perfect us and establish us and strengthen us and settle us. He says, may the God of all grace, who called us by his eternal glory in Jesus Christ, after you've suffered a while, a while, then he will perfect you, number one. He will establish you, number two. He will strengthen you, number three. And he will settle you. All from enduring suffering produces these four attributes in you. Watch the first one. I'm gonna re I'm gonna, we're going to recap. 
The first one is his grace. If you could put it up there. He said, may the God of all, what? May the God of all. Now, you must understand grace if you're going to pass the suffering test. You must lean on his grace. Now, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. And these are, again, another scripture that no one wants to hear. And I admit, I didn't want to hear. Even when some of you guys would say this to me, I'll be like, I don't want to hear that. I want to get healed. You know, we, we want the prophecy like at 3 in the morning, the Lord says, thus saith the Lord. Hey, 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 hey. At 3 in the morning, the Lord is going to come in and heal you. Yes, yes. That's what I've been waiting for. But I, what I don't want to hear is your, his grace is sufficient for you, brother. But it's true. It's true. Watch this. His grace is not the, the, the license to sin is the empowerment to live the Christian life. The same grace that saves you is the same grace that keeps you. Wait a minute. No, 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 you say, Pastor George, where is that? It's not even in my notes, but it's in Titus chapter 2 in the NIV. NIV, you can read it. In, in, in NIV, Titus chapter 2, the Bible says to Titus, Titus wrote, he said, that same grace that saves you, that same grace teaches us to say no to ungodly desires. May the grace of God, so without the grace of God, you cannot endure suffering at all. So we need to realize, here's what grace does. Grace doesn't remove the pain, it just softens the blow so you can endure it, endure it with faithfulness. Oh, that's good right there, that wasn't even in my notes. Grace doesn't remove it. But he softens it and enables you and empowers you so you could go through it because there's something at the end. I said this in the, in the staff meeting. I want to say this real, real loud and clear. This is led by the Spirit. I wasn't even uh, uh, thinking about this. But we've, when suffering comes, we've got to guard our hearts from a spirit of offense. And when I say suffering, just fill in the blank. It could be a misunderstanding offense. Offense, just like I said before, right? But here's what I, what I heard the Lord say. We've got a lot of fast blazers and fast starters and very few strong finishers. They're on fire for God for about six months. That I don't see them anymore. There's some people in this church, I've texted, and they've, they've decided, and I baptized them. I baptized them. The power of God hit them. They're no longer serving the Lord. They're short fuses because we don't understand the depth what God is trying to do inside of us. Now watch this. Say grace. That's the first thing we need. Now, I'm going I'm to get it straight from the Bible. What's the second thing? If you look at, look at that verse, after you've suffered a while, now he says this, he will uh, perfect you. Everybody say perfect. Now the word in the Greek perfect means to mature. It doesn't mean perfect without flaws, right? So that means suffering enables you to have maturity in your life to grow from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. And how does he do it? Allowing you to respond to the sufferings of this world and the sufferings that are happening in your life with a good heart that knows that God is still good. And you may say, watch this, you may say, but why is God allowing this to happen? Can I just be honest with you? I'm going to set some of you free. You may never know the why. Oh. oh. This is coming to me right now. I wasn't planning on sharing this. I remember when I was in a gurney, a journey. Where was that gurney? Was that when, you, when you're in the hospital bed? Gurney? When I had seizures, some of you don't know, I would have seizures at night. And I, I mean, I would wake up and I'd be in the hospital. I'm like, how did I get here? Can you imagine the, the fright? 
that you feel when you're, you feel like you're coming out of a dream and you're like, you're still thinking you're in a dream and everyone's looking at you and you're in this gurney, right? And they're like, you, you had a seizure. What? What are you talking about? You had a seizure at night and your wife called the, the, the ambulance. This happened several times to me. Several times from 2007 and then like two years would pass by then I would sleep and my wife would see and it was horrific for her. I never saw it. I was asleep. I never saw anything. But she, but she said, I had full seizures, right? So after the fourth time, I'll never forget this. After the fourth time, I, and again, suffering, persecution, not knowing why. I'm going to set some of you free because you're, you're waiting for the why. And, it, and I'm going to tell you, if you wait for the why, you will live your life offended at God always. If you wait for the why, I'm telling you, let, let that why go. Stop asking for the why. Watch this. So I'm sitting there. And I'm like, Lord, why? Again, why? I never forget. I was in a gurney. Why did you allow it? Tears are streaming down my face, and I'm in there. Why? I'm coming to myself. This is embarrassing. I'm a man of God. And then I heard the Lord. I'll never forget this. I heard the Spirit of the Lord very softly say, can you still serve me without knowing the why? True surrender, he said, is saying yes to me without knowing the why. And I heard the Lord say, will you say yes to me? And sitting in that gurney, I'll never forget, it was like clear as day. I said, I say yes to you without knowing the why. And true surrender is saying yes without knowing the why. Can you say yes to Jesus without knowing why you're going through what you're going through? It's easy to say yes when you're not going through it. But when you're going through it, it shows what kind of depth you have in God. He matures you. Number three, he, he established you. Everybody say establish. Suffering, the word establish in the Greek means to plant, to sustain. In other words, the second thing that happens after suffering is that he begins to plant you. Watch this. He begins to plant you so that eventually roots could start growing. Because when you plant something at first, that's just stabilizing the plant. It's like a, it's like a baby, right? But the roots haven't gone in real deep yet. So what he means by well, after you suffer a while, he establish you. It means in the Greek to plant you on good ground so that eventually, as you endure, roots will start to grow in your life. Roots will start to grow that will be deep and strong. And enduring suffering has a way to sustain us about it. Then he says, after you suffered a while, he'll strengthen us. Everybody say strengthen, right? That's the third thing that he does after grace. Strengthening is different than establishing because establishing speaks of holding you up. Watch this. Strengthening speaks of giving you fuel so you won't give up. Everybody say strengthen. All this, Peter said, comes after you've suffered a while. These are what, what produces in you. He perfects you. He establishes you. Watch this. Put that, put, put, put that slide again. He establishes you. What's the third one? He strengthens you. Strengthening is fuel. Everybody say fuel. Say fuel. Strength is fuel while you're suffering so you won't give up and so you won't watch this last for a short time. God wants people for the long haul. In the gospel, he said, those who endure to the end shall be saved. To the end. You know why I believe God trusts me with the church and with the anointing because he's allowed me to suffer. 
and by God's grace, I'm still standing. And let me tell you, the anointing from God, everyone wants to be used by God, but no one wants to go through anything. We want a free pass to glory. But Paul the Apostle was not exempt. Guess who wasn't exempt either? John the, John the Baptist. Surely he's in jail. Surely any time now, I'm the one who baptized him. It's just a matter of time. He's going to save the day like he did Peter. Broke the chains when he was in prison. Whoo! Uh, the, the guy with the guillotine is coming. Okay. <laughs> any day now. I, I, I know he's coming. I know he's coming. Jesus never came. John the Baptist got his head beheaded. Uh, people have different theories and theologies about that. But the problem is this, is that he said, is, is, is Jesus the one? Or do we ask for another? But yet he baptized Jesus and saw the dove coming down. Why? Because when you are expecting God to do something for you and he doesn't do it, that's when the spirit of offense comes in your heart. Now watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Say he's wrapping up. Are you getting something? Now I'm going to tell you how the Apostle Paul dealt with. Dealt with? Suffering. I just told you what suffering does in you. In the next 10 minutes, I promise you're going to let you go, but it's going to be powerful. I'm going to tell you how the Apostle Paul dealt with suffering. Not just, now, now you know what it does in you. How many know how to deal with it now? How many want to know how to deal with it? I'm going to tell you. Watch this. Acts chapter 28, one of my favorite scriptures. This is one of the, the last scriptures I'm going to give you. Watch this. This is after he got shipwrecked. By the way, I, have, I don't have time to tell you Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27 is all about shipwreck and barely making it. And, and, and the Bible says they came on shore with planks. Planks. The Apostle Paul and like 200 prisoners barely making it in a Category 5 hurricane. All, that's all uh, Acts 27. I mean, I'm talking about complete shipwreck. And they're like, <laughs> barely making it to this island. This is where we, where we see this story. Watch this. And once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. See, that's, that, that's proof that there's Latinos in the Bible. Glory to God. The, the island of Malta. They, they didn't have Malta. It was the island of Malta. Oh, glory to God. See, that's the original. There's Latinos in the Bible. Malta. We learned that we were on the island of Malta. Come on, Spanish people. You don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys had little, 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 little flashbacks of Malta. Watch this. Look, look at verse 2. The people of the island. This is Paul. He's just, I want you to imagine this. Paul has all gone through all this. Now he's going through yet another one. He's barely making it. He's on the island of Malta. He's cold and he's shivering. He's just trying to get warm. And it was a cold and rainy day. So they built a fire. Everybody say fire. On the shore to welcome us. Look at verse 3. And Paul, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the, everybody say fire. A poisonous snake driven out by the heat. Mm. Bit him on the hand. Watch this. And the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, this is a murderer no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Because they, they're thinking, okay, this guy has a poisonous snake hanging on his arm. He must be a thief. I want you to see what Paul did. Glory to God. But Paul shook off the snake. Shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. And the people waited for him to swell up and suddenly dropped dead. 
But when they had watched for a long time, and Paul was just like, pass me that cornbread, please. Thank you. That's a good enough. Give, give me that chicken. Oh, this is good. And they were watching him, and nothing happened to his arm, and he paid no attention to the viper, and he just kept, you know, those marshmallows are good, bro. Let me tell you. Ooh, that's good. Give, pass me that. And they were looking at him like, he's not swelling up. Then they changed their mind and thought he was uh, some sort of God. Now watch this. Now watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. Notice that the snake didn't come out until the heat was turned up. I want you to know that whenever you decide to turn up the heat on your walk with God and begin to get on fire for God, don't be surprised that the vipers will start coming out. Come on. That the vipers will start coming out and attach himself to your life. You know why? Because every time you turn up the heat, the vipers will start coming and start to attach itself to you, to drain you from the fire, to drain you from the commitment. Every time you say, I'm going to get on fire, I'm going to get dedicated, the vipers will come out of the fire to try to poison you with what? With the lies of offense, with the lies of hurt, with the lies that God doesn't love you, with the lies that all these things are happening and they're attaching stuff to you and you go to church with it and I'm surprised that the body of Christ is so passive to allow a snake and a venom to keep hanging on them but what you gotta do is you gotta shake off the snake you gotta put it in the fire the same fire that drew the snake is the same fire that killed the snake Some of you are clapping, but some of you in the spirit are walking with, with, with a viper hanging on you. And you know what you do? Instead of shaking it off, you stop coming to church. And you start complaining. And the whole time you have no idea. He's spitting those lies to you. The pastor doesn't love you. The, the church doesn't love you. The people don't love you. I keep saying that. And you're being injected in your veins with, the, with this thing. Why? Because the moment you decide to walk with God, the vipers will start coming out. And it's not just in the, in, the, in, the, in the spiritual, sometimes it's the natural. Sometimes people, the enemy will use people as vipers to start hanging and sucking the life. You know, you know what snakes do? They poison you and they suck the life out of you. I need the worship team to get up here. Paul the Apostle. <laughs> Still has a tag on it. I did a bad job. <laughs> watch this guys watch this watch this closing you know why you're frustrated I want to tell you I'm gonna, I'm gonna set you free you know why some of you are frustrated are you ready are you ready because I'm gonna give you put, put, put Isaiah chapter 50 uh, 52 on there as I close you know why some of you are frustrated because you're trying to tell God to do what he told you to do Lord, why is a snake on me? Lord, why? Why are, am I feeling this way? Why do I have no passion for God anymore? Why is this poison? And now you start believing the poison because if you know anything about toxicity, it starts getting in your blood and it becomes part of who you are. Now, if you don't get a venom, you will die. So all of a sudden, you will start acting like the devil. You start walking like the devil and you start believing things like the devil and everything that he's put in your heart, you think that is because of your circumstances, but they're the lies that have been attached to you watch this because you are most vulnerable to enemies attacks when you're suffering 
When you're suffering, the voice of the enemy sounds like the voice of God. When you're suffering, the voice of the enemy sounds like your voice. And most people are frustrated because they're waiting for God to shake something off that God told you to shake off. Lord, I'm waiting. Can you still serve me? Shake it off. Pay no attention to those things. Those are a distraction. No, but Lord, Lord, look, look, look what they did to me. They keep pumping that thing into your blood. Now all of a sudden, you hate Christians. Now all of a sudden, you hate church. Now all of a sudden, you hate people. And you used to love people. And your heart has grown cold and hard. It's because of this. It's hanging on you. Because you allowed suffering to attach the venom. The vipers will always come out when you're trying to serve God. Watch this. Watch this. Are you ready? Even the prophet Isaiah said, it's not God's job to shake it for you. It's not God's job. It's your job. Everybody say, it's my job. Come on, say, it's my job. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. This is Isaiah. O Jerusalem, the holy city. Watch this. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. It's time for the church to look at the venomous snake that has been attached itself for so long because of your suffering. And now you are turned into a different person. But the whole reason is because you are waiting for God to do what he told you to do. It's time to shake off the offense. It's time to shake off the lies of poverty. It's time, come on, to shake off your emotional disturbance. It's time to shake off your attitude. It's time to shake off your complacency. It's time to shake off the open doors of sin. Oh, come on, lift up your voice. Stand up to your feet. Come on, the enemy is defeated today. The enemy is defeated. Come on, I need you to shake it off. I need you to shake it off. Come on, I need you to shake it off. Come on, everyone in me, follow me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I need you to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Lift up your hands right now. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're dealing with, whatever the suffering is, God says the snake shall be shaken off if you shake it off. Come on, come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.